following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Our world is always so rush-rush. We can never get any personal time to ourselves, let alone those that we love. Welcome to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. Our mission, to reintroduce kindness and compassion to our busy lives. Remember when life was so much simpler? Gabriella and her guests today will pick up the ball of human kindness and by doing so, empower you to make changes in your own life. And now, here is Gabriella The following program is being brought to you on The Voice America. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Might Radio Show. I am in icy cold Iowa that the sun is shining and we have a nice new show for you. But before I start about my guest and the topic of today, I just wanted to let you guys know from last week that the ball of human kindness is on the road for the last two weeks. So we've done already 11 cities. And one of the funny things that I've been encountering is that in the airports every day when I go from city to city, uh, people really want to play with the ball. It brings out the child and everyone to play with the basketball. And one of the things people are saying often to me is, yes, first of all, it is true that we have dropped the ball in human kindness. And someone said to me the other day, because the ball rolled out of my hands in the airport and stopped at the feet of someone who came from South America, and he said, I think I'm really kind to my people. And then I was really, really quiet, and I said, but what if you don't have people? And then he kind of looked at me, and he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, the whole world is my home, so I don't have specific people that you're talking about, so it makes me sad. Couldn't we be nice to everyone? And I wanted to just mention is that I provoked this man's thinking because he said, I think I can do that. I never thought of it. And so the ball of human kindness is not about a random act of kindness. It's about making kindness a choice on a daily basis. And just for the listener out there, know that I have passed Phoenix, where Voice America is situated, and I got to meet all the engineers and all the executive producers, and it was really, really nice to be on that show and to pass the ball around. So now back to our guest of today. Paul Marquise is a gentleman that I've met in Vancouver, Canada, only once, unfortunately, and he told me uh, about two weeks ago that he actually discovered that he was a bully when he was a child. Paul, I am so glad that you are on our show. Paul, can you hear me? I certainly can, and and I, I thank you for this opportunity to share some of this. Oh, I thank you for coming on to the show because this is exactly what I do. I would like to provoke people to think of what they can do uh, to help, to help other people out there. And I thought what you were saying the other day on the phone was really empowering, and I hope that your segment and what you're going to say is going to help children of all ages out there and adults 
to maybe rethink the way they behave on a daily basis. So, Paul, first of all, tell us a little bit your background so that the listener gets a chance to understand where you're coming from. A little bit of my background. Okay, I'm in my yeah. mid-50s, and, and uh, when I read your book a few years ago, uh, uh, and, and by the way, what, what a very, uh, uh, very, very touching uh, uh, book it was, and it brought me to tears. And and uh, and, and uh, the work you're doing now uh, uh, with uh, the Ball of Human Kindness is just absolutely Americ- amazing, and and, and uh, you know a follow up to that book. So so a little bit of background on me. I'm in I'm in my fifties. Uh, I'm, I'm a professional that's self-employed, and, and I've actually, uh, I, I can come out of the closet right now, I'm, I'm uh, several years sober, so I've gone through these 12-step programs, and so part of my recovery in the 12-step programs was taking stock of my life. And and, okay. uh, and looking at my past, and you've helped me greatly. First with that book, and then uh, with our uh, with our talk we had a few weeks ago. And and I came to the understanding that you know, as a young child, I was bullied. I was uh, uh, bullied by my older brother. I was bullied by my parents, and I understand now that they didn't really intend to do this. That, you know, we do the things we do. Uh, because we know the things we know, and 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 so uh, if my father was was uh, violent, maybe it's because his father was violent, and his father before him was violent, and this is the kind of thing that they knew, and it's the only way they knew how to act and behave, and 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 you're on the road to changing these behaviors in people, and and it's such an important thing to get out there and, and to make people understand that they don't have to do the things they do, that there can be change. And the change has to start right here. And so for me, the change has to start within me to come to the realization that as a young child, when I was bullied, when my older brother beat me up because he was getting spanked by dad or, or whatever other reason, and, and when I was being treated uh, uh, and I look at it now, there was a lot of loving, but there was things like I didn't know how to skate, and I grew up in, in Montreal, uh, you know, where, where the big dynasty of the Montreal Canadiens, the Habs, as they were called, uh, yeah. were just the greatest team. Everyone knew how to skate. I didn't know how to skate, and instead of teaching me, my father would laugh at me, you know, and, and so I bring this fear into, into uh, a school, into kindergarten and elementary school. I was ripped with fear, and this just permeated through me. So I was, uh, uh, I, I, I was a, a, a victim. I was a victim before I even went in to the schools. So, of course, the, the bullies knew who to pick on. They picked on the people that had fear, right? Absolutely. I say that all the time. It's the one thing that we have in common in this universe is fear. I wish it was happiness, by the way, but it isn't. <laughs> but fear, fear kind of drove you to, to um, you know, I think fear is so strong. It's, I always say it's like carrying a blanket around you, you know, yeah. like this magic blanket of Harry Potter that you carry. And the bully just knows that you have it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, it's you know it, it's it's an animal thing. You know the, the yeah. animals prey on uh, uh, they 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 prey on 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 uh, their food source and their food source is grip is fear because they know they're going to be eaten by this other animal. It's the same thing in 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 uh, in human beings. 
there's some of us that are more fearful and other uh, others that that uh, and and you know I'll go on with that because I I went from a a, a place of of uh, being fear and bullied to a place where I I I decided to fight back. So in junior high school, I fought back. I I I found the toughest guy in school and I fought him. I fought him and uh I was winning. So a couple of his friends grabbed me from behind and you know, uh, I was winning. I lost, but this changed my life. It changed my life. It gave me the confidence to know that I can win and you know, I I was so I, I was so gripped with that fear and stuff after the fight, although I had lost at the end because a couple of other guys jumped in. I, I, I recall very clearly when my father came to the school, I was crying. I was trying to be tough, but I was crying like a little baby for the longest time, and I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop because one of the things is I knew is that not only did I just get beat up, but I'd be spanked when I got home, and I'd be spanked viciously with a strap, right? But this yeah. changed my life. It brought me from the place of bullying, and I know today that I still stayed in fear, but I, I went from a, being bullied to a bully instantly. And, and so I joined gangs. I, I, I had this uh, uh, aura and persona of someone that was superior to others, and I picked on other people. So I became a bully, and I didn't realize that until very recently, Gabrielle, and I thank you for that. So, so what happened in my life there? I went from the fear of being bullied yeah. to the fear that I can't live like this, and I've got to, uh, how do I get the upper hand? So I'll be a bully. And, and that wasn't my intention. My intention was just I got involved in drugs and, and, and violence and guns and because I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be part of. And, and yeah, so, uh, you know, the moment that I was able to, to do that by, by, by joining the gangs and having money in my pocket and, and having people around me that I thought were friends, but, but they weren't. They were just an entourage because I had the things that they couldn't have, Right. So I had money, I had drugs, I had this and I had that, and I had cars and I had nice people around me. And, and, I have a and question so, about so, that, though. When you joined them, yeah. for the listener out there, did the fear at all go away, or did it stay like a sort of nagging little headache in the background? It didn't. I never realized that I was living in fear, not until very recently where I took stock okay. of my life and I realized that all this behavior was fear-driven. I thought I was tough, right? Never did I think that I was hiding from anything. But I was hiding through drugs and alcohol. I was hiding from my real life by constantly picking up. So for almost 35 years, I was in the grips of addiction, right? And so I ran my life on... Uh, uh, you know, the premise that, 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 uh, which I know today is, is, uh, I'm at a loss for words all of a sudden. I, I, I ran my life by using others. So anyone that came into my life was there to suit my purposes, which is the first premise of abuse. That's the word I was looking for before. I didn't realize that, that I was very, very abusive to anyone around me. And, and uh, uh, my relationships with women weren't violent. I kept the violence for other men. Uh, they weren't physically violent, but I was... Uh, I was emotionally abusive because of the way I treated people. I treated everyone that came into my life 
as if they were there and their only purpose for being there was to serve my purposes. And I know today that all this behavior is fear-driven behavior. Yeah. I was af- I was afraid and, and of being also alone. Because we don't know any better, right, Paul? Yeah, I was I was afraid of being alone. I was afraid of of, of going without, and I was just afraid to live life uh, as you know as life is supposed to be lived. So I constantly picked up drugs and alcohol. I constantly lived through this behavior that you know if you're not happy, just take off, right? And so. You know, it's, it's funny how that works because uh, eventually most people did take off from me, right? And and, yep. and uh, uh, because they they couldn't support this kind of this kind of behavior that I had, even though they appeared to really like it, uh, it just doesn't last. It's not something that has lasting power because it's just plain wrong. But I didn't know this, right? It's I I did the things I did because I knew the things I knew. So, no, so. I I agree totally with what you said, but what, what I really, really like about what you're saying, because this is what I teach all the time, Paul, and for the listener out there, I think it is so important to just repeat your words. Paul is saying here that he was just driven by fear, and, and I think fear is such a huge motive. Fear and wanting to belong, wanting to fit in. To, to to say, hey, I'm safe there. And the gang somehow, um, I know that sounds almost silly, doesn't it, Paul? To say mm-hmm. that the gang almost made you feel safe, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it just made me, give, it gave me that sense of belonging. For once yeah. I fit into somewhere where I was this, you know, a lonely little Life. child hiding in the corner yeah. all the time and full of fear. I changed overnight from that, from that uh, uh, person that was hiding and, and was gripped with fear and didn't belong to, uh, you know, the sense of ease and comfort that came not only with the drink and the drugs, but with the acceptance of others. Absolutely. Hold that thought, Paul. We will be right back after this commercial break. You bet. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things. And together, you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 
10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone, and we're with our guest, Paul Marquise, and I think that he's picking up the ball of human kindness in his own life, which is really, really important to do. Dare to be kind to yourself first, and then you can spread it. So he was talking about, Paul, uh, you were talking about being a victim. It's difficult to admit that you were a victim. It's also difficult to admit that you were abused by your own family members, and I think this happens way more than we think. And, Paul, just a real quick question. Do you feel at all that um, that that is actually really difficult because it is family? Absolutely. Uh, um, uh, there, there's this stigmatism that we need to pro- that we need to protect our families, and and, and you know I, I remember I remember a va- very vaguely a, a police interview when the police were asking me, uh, uh, you know, if uh, uh, I was just a young child, but the police were asking me if my daddy hurt me, and I remember saying yes, and then they were going to take him away, and I said no, no, no. And back then, way back then, they didn't take them away, right? It's the last, yeah. it was absolutely the, the last, the last option. And, and, you know, when I started crying and stuff, and, and so, you know, the, the police just figured, well, it's, it can't be very bad, right? Because, yeah. and, and, but, uh, you know, ch- children, uh, we love our parents so much, and we need this love and acceptance that, that uh, you know, even if it's we'll really horrible, we're not going to be accepting of the fact that they take the parents away, right? No. And, and that's not a way to teach us uh, as parents either of how to behave with our children because as soon as, as, soon as we separate, the, the, unless it's really, really bad situation, as soon as we separate the parents from the children, uh, um, then you have re- rebelling on both sides, right? Yep. I always say this in the schools when I see a child that tells me that there's abuse in the home and that you sense it. I always say, you know, because it's up to them if they want to report it. I'm, I'm not playing devil's advocate with their lives. But I always tell them that in this case, in 2013, when you're, for example, sexually abused in the home, they, they need to know from me that if I report that, mm-hmm. they will be taken away from the, the, the abuser, and, and right. the problem is we love the abuser, right? That's yeah. basically what you're saying, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my next question is, these walls that we create, I call them invisible constraints, mm-hmm. or the breaking down of walls that we have to go through to come out at the other end of the tunnel like you did, how would you describe to the listener, what is it that you can show them, and I, I know you can, um, how do you go by breaking down these walls? 
That's a really good question, you know, because it took me a really long time to understand that the the life I was living uh, uh, was was empty and 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 no good, you know, and and I finally, uh, you know, my life came crashing down uh, uh, over and over, but it got really bad in two thousand and six, and and I realized that that uh, you know I I no longer wanted what I had, I could no longer live the way I could, and and I went to Alcoholics Anonymous. I found the phone number. Uh, for Alcoholics Anonymous, and I wound up in a, in a treatment uh, place uh, where they tried to help me, and, and I got uh, not only recovery from the uh, about 35 years of uh, alcohol and drug abuse, but uh, uh, I, I found I found myself and a new way of life, you know, and and so today I, I strive to to live a purpose-driven, meaningful life. And to cultivate meaningful relationships, something I had never done in my life. This is all new to me. So cultivating meaningful relationships in a purpose-driven life is what everyone should strive for. And I didn't know that until just a, a few short years ago. And, and but how, how, how did you go from that step to, to even enter the building of uh, Alcohol Anonymous? It was uh, with great difficulty. <laughs> I myself is I'm so stubborn that I can do this myself. I can fix myself, and you know, and I kept saying to, that to my uh, over and over. But we can't do it alone. No, no, you know, we need uh, people. Um, it, it's like I have a, a very close friend that 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 was looking me in the eye one day, and he says, "You know, the cabinets in my kitchen, if they break." The best person to fix them is the carpenter that built them. And he says, anyone else can repair them, but they might not be done properly. The best person to fix them is the carpenter that built them. And he says, what about you? When you're broken, the the best to fix you is your creator. So you can call that God, a higher power, creator of the universe, whatever, whatever you want to call it. True. Is fine, but to fix me, there was n- I couldn't do it myself. I needed the help of others to give me a connection to this creation. But you know, Paul, I I mean, and I really mean that. I think asking for help mm. is such a hard thing to do. I mean, I as a child couldn't have done it either. I I mean, I think it's almost as humiliating as telling your family that you're being bullied. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like as if you're weak and, and saying that you need help, whereas today we're empowering children exactly to do the opposite. Right. They ask for that help because when you ask, it actually shows up. If we don't ask, nobody knows. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I thought it was a sign of weakness, too, especially in, in the in the way that, that I grew up and the gangs and stuff. And, you know, you have to have this facade of toughness, right? You have to have the impression that you're in complete control. Well, I wasn't in control. I never was in control. Some years were really, really good. At the end, they were really, really bad. I understand now I was never in real control of my life. And, so, and I so I had to ask for help. One of the most difficult things uh, uh, anyone can do. And and the more we feel self confident and self assured in ourselves, uh, the more difficult that that step may be. 
but you know there's absolutely nothing wrong with asking for help and reaching out and you can do it anonymously you know through uh through doctors or you know the, the phone calls to to you know anyone can do it yeah. you don't have to be you don't have to be upfront and visible about it uh you know I, i'm outing myself of the closet today but it's all in all uh, the the uh, the alcoholics anonymous thing is anonymous right yeah but you're saying the closet i i would even just say the walls you just broke down the walls because mm. it helps you as much as it will help the listener to understand that we all have stuff like that i have a question for you do you feel that in today's society the way you know it's all rush rush it's all instant gratification do you feel that the toughness that we put on young boys and men to be tough, to provide for the family, to do this, to, to be excellent breadwinners, and gosh, God knows what. Do you feel that we've at all progressed on that or that we're still the same tough on these young kids, the male kids? What do you feel about that? Do we still say to the kid, you know, just, you know, you've got to be tough because otherwise you're not a, a good guy? I think I think uh, 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 I I don't I don't know that uh, that we've progressed as as uh, as, uh, uh, humans at all in that way. I think we, you know, it's it's an image that we have to that we have to keep up. Not only the men, but the women too. Now the women are are more and more in the workplace and out there and tough and having this facade, and we hide our emotions. We hide what we really feel. And when we're having more trouble, then we seek out exterior things. Uh, uh, it could be shopping, it could be eating, it could be drugs and alcohol like I was. It, all these exterior things, or we hide behind video games now, right? Uh-huh. And pretend yeah. that we're busy. Or, you know, it, 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 instead of interacting with others, we have these headsets on, uh, the Bluetooth headset or the or the headphones attached to our phone and our iPod, and we pretend, even if we're not listening or talking to someone, in instances we pretend to be talking or listening to someone else so that we don't have this personal interaction. And what is this? It's all driven by fear or image or uh, you know the sense that we have to be someone that we're not. But you know, but don't, don't we're you all human beings. We all we, have we feelings. Just, we all we have don't. tender things. We all have problems, mm-hmm. and if we don't get them out, they're gonna they're gonna eat at us forever. Absolutely, but what what I feel is that these kids, you know, what you said about interaction is so true. But what, when I go into assemblies, you know, it's only been a few months that I've changed. Instead of waiting till everyone is seated, I go within. The group, right? 2,000 children. I just walk through them. Man. And the first few, Paul, don't want to shake my hand. When I come close and I say, hi, I'm Gabriela. I'm so thankful that you guys invited me to your school. Mm-hmm. And they, they take their two hands and they pull them away, no matter Man. what age, okay? Man. And then the funny part is I keep going. I keep sticking my hand out there even if they don't shake it. Mm-hmm. And by the third row that I get to, Suddenly, all of them put their hands out, and they go, hey, we do want to say hi. We so don't want to be the first to reach out. We yeah, don't want to f- exactly. be the first. To, to we don't want to be the first, but then when, when that one kid starts, <laughs> they all start. But yeah. you were right on the button there. I think the kids just don't know how to shake 
people's hands anymore. They're all hiding. But, like but it's not only in the instance of shaking hands, and I'm sorry to interrupt you on that, yeah, but no, we no, don't want to be the first. When uh, I remember in, in school, no one ever wants to be that one that's going to make the decision to do, in case it's the wrong decision. So the peer pressure yeah. of all the other kids in there, right, so yeah. they're not sure if you're a good or a bad thing because you're coming to talk about bullying. Everyone's gripped in fear, yeah. right? And I learned in school, honestly, Paul, that the one that asked if the it's the wrong thing class, to do, I'm in big trouble. Yeah, right. They're they're really afraid of that. But honest to goodness, when you do that, you help twenty people behind you in the classroom. Mm-hmm. You really do. I mean, by sticking out your hand, by doing it, look, the one kid that does it in the assembly creates happiness for everyone that comes behind them. Mm. And that's what we almost need to teach, don't we? Yes, absolutely. You know, and change is really, really difficult. We resist change because, you know, it's like a computer program. I know for me, I have default settings. My default settings is I'm going to get my way, and it's going to be like this, and and this is the way it is. And even though I know that by trying to change, or not trying, but by changing certain kind of behaviors, things will get better, I still have the default as my comfort zone. And my comfort zone might make me wallow in real bad problems and trouble, but it's still my comfort zone. How do I change this default setting from like what I feel is my comfort zone to the right way to act, to reach out, to be the first like you are at the forefront of a bullying movement and taking the ball of human kindness and going out there? You know, at first, I'm sure that you've had lots of people tell you, you know, you're wasting your time. You're not going to be able to get the message across because people won't listen to you. But it is working. You are getting your message across. And the first few people that won't shake your hand eventually come in and they love you because you're doing the right thing. Absolutely. We will be right back after this commercial break. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. 
Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A. V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. So we're back with our guest, Paul Marquise, and how you basically go from being a fearful child that is a victim, how do you end up being the bully? Paul, I think one of the things that you said that I really liked is the whole concept of fear. But to get out of gripping fear, what would you suggest an adult today would have to do? What is it that they have to look at to be able to take the same bold step that you did? I I think the key... The key point is is, is to, to reach out for help. No matter where you look for help, you have to out yourself first. You have to go, there's something wrong with my behavior. There's something wrong with what I'm doing. I can't do the, what I'm doing any longer. Or maybe maybe someone else should, should advise me on, on what I'm doing if we're not 100% sure. But if we have that little gut instinct that there's something wrong, in the way I'm treating others or the way I'm living or the way I feel. Okay. Seek out counseling. There's all kinds of counselors and psychiatrists and psychologists and health groups. You need someone to talk to. And, you know and what those... I realized when I was little and I wrote it in the children's book, mm. and, and I think that's really important too, the bully has as much fear as you do. The only mm. thing is that you don't realize that when you're young. Would, mm-hmm. would you say that your bully, like your brother, would you would you say that he had as much fear as a child as you did? Well, you know, he, he showed it differently. You know, I mentioned earlier we do the things we do because we know the things we know. So my brother was spanked and 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 bullied and 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 there was violence in the house because of uh, uh, of the way our parents were. Our parents yeah. were like that because that's what they learned and that's what they knew. So my brother beat me up because he was being treated violently. So he just kept that going. And, you know, I did the same thing to my little brother, right? And I remember going home one time uh, in, my, in, in my teens and, and uh, we were having a Christmas dinner and my older brother said something to me and I broke his nose. Right, I broke his yeah. nose, and I wouldn't stop beating him because I was. What went through my head was all the years that he picked on me, right? Yeah. You know, and and so think, the the violence, the violence, instead of getting any better, just escalated within me. I lived through violence yeah. for most of my life, 
it's mm-hmm. it's what I did, and it's because it's what I knew. And I know today that we don't have to live through fear. We don't have to live in violence. And most of us that live in violence is because we're fearful. We don't know it. We think we're tough. I was full of fear. I was gripped with fear. Not to, uh, 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 if I don't live like this, I won't fit in. I won't have friends. I won't have people around me. I won't have money. I won't have the drugs I need. I won't have, I won't have, I won't have. And that's the fear I lived in, and I didn't even know it. No, I, I, I believe totally in fear, as you know, because you read my book. It says, Losing Fear, Finding Self. Mm-hmm. If you stay in the gripping fear, there's no place for growth, I think. I think that's why fear, that's why I say on the news all the time, fear is the most isolating thing. That child feels so isolated mm-hmm. and so paralyzed that it can't live life. Mm-hmm. So... Question, you mentioned comfort zones. How do you teach someone to go out of that comfort zone and to actually embrace change? Because you know, that, that's the thing. It, you know, you say, how do you teach someone? But no one can force anyone to go out of their comfort zone. The more you try to force someone, the more we'll get closed in within ourselves. So it yeah. has to be a personal choice to go... You know, I heard something, and maybe they're right, maybe I need help. I'll go and find someone that doesn't know me and that doesn't know anyone, or others might be comfortable talking to someone they know, maybe someone that they've seen change. So we've got a lot of really young people in Alcoholics Anonymous now, Not again, not to plug the, this anonymous group, but just to use it as an example, I see more and more young people come in, younger and younger all the time. So if you see someone in your school, in your entourage, or your work that has changed their behavior, you could always approach them, and it doesn't mean that they're in an anonymous program. It might just mean that they've made a, 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 a choice to change the way they live into living a purposeful life, whether it be through the church, through some counseling, in a yoga class, through meditation, who knows where they got it. But if you see someone that you you think that you would like to emulate that behavior or know a little bit more about what they're doing, approach them, pull them aside and say, you know, you seem to be happy in your life or something's changed about you. Would you like to talk about it? And it's through these one-on-one conversations that we can approach change, right? Yeah. But forcing someone into change will never work. It well, never yeah. has. And, and it, just, it, it just doesn't. We, we rebel against that. We close up even tighter if someone says, you need help or you got to go yep. to a doctor, or you should go to AA, or you should go to Narcotics Anonymous, or whatever, right? Yeah, because then we're embarrassed that there's something wrong with us, and Absolutely. I do it even more. And then we will we'll strive to prove there isn't by, by escalating our behavior. <laughs> or at yep. least in my case, that's what I was like. Right? But I always, I always try to show people that when... Um, when you open up the world, when you really open up that window to the world, that there is no comfort zone anymore because nothing is strange. It's just a sea and a wealth of information the rest of the world if you accept it. Mm-hmm. But for that, you, you said it earlier, you alluded to being confident and feeling good about yourself. And I think that takes time. 
to right. feel that way. But the funny part is when you go to school, when you go to that kindergarten the first, first time, you actually feel good about yourself. The first mm-hmm. interaction that you have in life mm-hmm. is with your parents, right? right? And with me, it was with the nuns in the orphanage. But to tell you the truth, I, I thought they were neat to me. They were really, really kind to me. And it's only when I got adopted that I said, wow, this world is not as kind as I thought, you know, because if you, I got smacked around a lot too because I was taught very, very early in life, if you don't do what I want, you're going to get smacked. Mm-hmm. Whether right or wrong, because that was the behavior in those old days, you know. Mm-hmm. Children had to be seen but not heard. Yeah. And how can you not communicate, right? Communication is almost the only key. And what we're doing in modern life, and again you alluded to it, we've taken communication out of it. We've replaced mm-hmm. it by technology. I know kids that text their parents that they're hungry in the same house. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard anyone say that to you? I've never heard that, but but I don't really deal with children anymore, and I'm not surprised by it because you know we're in a, we're in a place. You see two people together in a restaurant, or 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 you know on, even on the side of the street or at a coffee shop, and they're both texting. And sometimes I look at them and I ask, "Are you texting each other?" And they look up, sometimes they smile, and sometimes they look at me like, you know, I'm just really strange. But I have to come out, I'm a little bold, I guess, but I come out with these questions sometimes. You're sitting together, you're both texting, instead of interacting, are you texting each other? Yeah. Sometimes they're in a conversation with others, but the one across the table is in the same conversation. Uh, That's what I've been told. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's mind-boggling, too. But when I was told that by a parent, I thought it was really fun. And I had a parent the other day who said, how can I get my child, my teenager, to hug me? And you know what I answered, Paul? I said, take your your smartphone. Pretend that there, I mean, pull it up. Pretend that there's a video on YouTube. They will be near you, on top of you, in five seconds. There are no boundaries when it comes down to smartphones. Then they want to see, then they want to be on top of you. They don't want to shake your hands. But when you say, I have a picture showing this at a school at Tulare Union High School. We did a couple of skids. And and one of the skids went viral. It was about cyberbullying. And here, there is one person holding the phone. And uh, I'll I'll have to post that picture. And you'll find it hilarious. Everyone is on top of it, trying to see what the comments were on the post. (laughs) Because that's their life, you know. They want to know who posted what, when and where. It's It's like a sort of gossip venting system that is totally new and anonymous. Or at least they think it's anonymous or... It's an easier way of communicating than telling you face-to-face that you're worth nothing, right? That nobody does anymore. So that's quite interesting. I have a question. When you grow up, when you grew up and you weren't a bully, did you ever, when you were a gang member, tell someone else that they weren't worthy of living? It's, it's a question I have for a lot of people. Um, you know, uh, um, my life is very vague. I have very vague recollections, but it sounds like something that's very possible that I might have, okay. and and I may have on more than one occasion. And uh, okay. you know, it, it's uh, I understand that those words are very damaging, and and uh, uh, you know, just 
uh, just a horrible, horrible thing to do. And, and, you know, that, that, that's the kind of wording that leads to, uh, suicides. Yes. The reason I asked you that, Paul, and I put you on the spot is because I believe, and I'm just saying that because of our ages, that we didn't say that. We told them that they were uh, worthless, and we might have told them, you know, like, you little shorty, you wimp, get the heck out of here, you know, you're useless. But I have a feeling, and, and I might be totally wrong, that it is something new of the last 20 years where we have no... I think with everything we've done in our past, we still had a sort of respect for life, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the person. Do you see the difference? Whereas today, I believe that they have no respect for the person and no respect for the life, truly the life of that person. I, you know, I, I, you've got a point there, and I'm looking at, you know, the evolution of these video games when everyone's sitting in a chair killing other people, and we don't have the same, you know, I guess we all always had the blood and guts movies on TV, but, but uh, the way we can just instantly kill another character, um, uh, we bring that same kind of, of thing to the street with us. And, yeah. and, and, and so, um, maybe we put less value, uh, on, on, uh, on a fellow human that we used to, but, mm-hmm. you know, all in all, it just, it, it, it doesn't, you know, it, it, it's, it's the bullying thing that we have to change. We have to come around and say, uh, you know, if, if we can affect one person and, and stop the bullying, make someone realize that what they're doing is dangerous. And and make them want to change. And if someone wants to change, there are resources out there. And the more you bring this to the forefront, uh, uh, you know, in, in carrying the ball of human kindness, the more information we're getting out there for people that actually want to change to be able to reach out and change. And so the, so the key there is to change that stigmatism of being fearful of of wanting to reach out to, well, maybe I can, maybe no one will know if I go and talk to someone, and how can I maybe change here, right? Absolutely. We're going in the last commercial break, Paul, and we'll Mm -hmm. be right back, everyone. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. What if you were willing to be controversial, choosing kindness instead of judgment, willing to stand out from the crowd, being a leader in creating a new reality, even if others don't follow? 
You can make a difference. Start by tuning in to the value of controversy. Each week, our hosts will bring you the tools to help create the world that you want to live in and explore what's possible when you choose from the controversy of consciousness. Listen for the value of controversy every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. To Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G A B R I E L L A V A N R I J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone, and we're back here. Uh, this show always goes too fast, Paul. What is it that we could, that you could bring to the table about, I would love for people that are listening to the show to understand that a bully, it's not a stigma. I'm trying to get bullies and victims to learn about each other because by learning and sharing this information, we create actually empathy for each other. See, when I bring a victim and a bully together, the victim actually usually realizes that his, his or her life is not as bad sometimes, and they kind of go, wow, the bully has problems too. Mm. And that's a novel idea for both people. And the bully learns that the victim is really hurt and why he or she is really hurt. So I'm all for bringing these people together to work together at the common good and help pick up the ball of human kindness. Is there something that you know in your experience that you could help the listener with about a bully coming forth? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, the the a bully is a is a bully for for what reasons we have to look in. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist or anything, but but why is the bully reaching out so much for attention? And so and and how can we change the attention getting from picking on others? And and uh, because the 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 bully in school, the bully I see in school gets the attention from others by bullying. So at first, yep. it's fun. It's funny. The first incident of being a bully, you attract a laughter from other boys or girls or whatever, right? And, and so this works. So this worked, and it got me some attention. So now, oh, I've got some friends now. And then it yep. escalates and escalates. So, so we, have to, we have to look at the bully and go, well, there's something missing in his life for for them, or, or or what are the reasons or causes for us to have to be reaching out for attention like this? And and if there's no information on it's not the correct way to get the attention that you're seeking, then the, then the behavior will continue. Yep. Right. I. I heard from a person the other day who said I was a jock in school, in high mm-hmm. school, but he said the pressure to stay the jock, the pressure to become even more popular as time went on in high school made him bully people because, again, it got him the confirmation and the affirmation that he was good. And to tell you the truth, everyone says the only reason um, the bully bullies is to validate himself and to make him 
look better than the person he's bullying. Like, Absolutely. How stupid for the this attention. one is. In the first instances of bullying, we'll usually get a, a, you know, a bunch of laughter from other observers. Right? And then you've got an entourage. So how do you keep up the entourage by escalating the behavior? Right? I know. I just, it's mind-boggling to me. But I don't know if you've ever heard me say it or if you've ever seen the TV segment. I always say the bully and the victim are mirror images of each other. They just acted out differently, like you said. And I'm not no psychiatrist either, but it seems so logical that we do the same thing. It's just one is really fearful and the other one says, I'm going to take that fear and I'm going to preemptively strike. Right. You might have read it on my Facebook. Nobody but he strikes another human being while happy. You know it when you have a really good day, Paul. Mm-hmm. Are you ever mean to that person that bumps into you really hard in, on Robson Street in Vancouver? No? Mm, no. Because your day cannot go wrong, right? You feel right. on top of the world. Right. Yeah. But when you're not on top of the world and someone bumps really hard into you and, and your briefcase or whatever all falls, what do you do? You go, hey, you want to fight, or you insult them, or uh, or you strike back, and and uh, and yeah, and again, you know, it, it just goes back to to my story of uh, of having been a bullied, and I and 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 I used what I had, and I turned into a bully, but it was the same fear; it was just channeled differently. Absolutely. I'm so glad you came forth and talked about this. Is there anything in the last few minutes that you want to leave people with that are listening to the show? Yeah. Strive to live a purpose-driven, meaningful life and, and cultivate relationships. And we can, we can create the life that we desire. And all we have okay. to do is work on it. And part of the work on that for some of us is change, is to change the behaviors and, and, and the thinking that we have into just the loving thoughts and helping others and just having a good day and raise our consciousnesses. Everything, everyone can do this, and there's nothing holding us back from this. Purposeful, purpose-driven, meaningful relationships. Absolutely, and to do something where your heart is in it, because to have friends and pretend you like them is not a good thing just to be part of that group. It's never going to bring you happiness. It's always going to give you irritation. So for everyone out there, whether you're in a relationship or not, whether you are in a workplace, whether you like it or not, make the best of it or find another job. Because honestly, guys, life is too short. Be happy out there and spread some some cheer, real cheer. And, and I'm not saying that because of the season. But kindness is a choice. It's not random acts. It's every day getting out there, waking up and saying, I'm going to do something, just like Paul just said. Be pers- purposeful, even if it's just one day at a time. That's fine, too, right, Paul? Mm. Well, it doesn't even have to be one day at a time. You know, you start with a minute. You know, if a day's too long, it. you start with just realizing in this moment, this moment I can be different. This moment I can start with right now. And then when you think of it again, you can ch- change the moment into a minute, into an hour. And and we just have to work on that behavior. You know, we have to cultivate good habits, 
rather than go back to those default modes. And sometimes one day is too long, one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one person at a time. Absolutely. The ball of human kindness has a slogan, one moment, one person, one kindness is all it takes to get someone from a negative space into a positive place. And I don't know if you remember, but in the first part of our segment, Paul said very clear, if you lose the fear, you will thrive, you will accept, your life will turn around amazingly. So everyone out there, that's Give a big thanks to Paul. I really think that you came forth and that you came out of the closet, like you said, to break down those invisible constraints that you had and those walls. And good for you for being sober for how many years now? Seven now. Wow, that is terrific. I really congratulate you. And I congratulate you that... Oh, by the way, very quick question. Do you have a relationship with your brothers? Um, well, my, my older brother passed in 2010 of generalized cancer. My younger brother is in France. And, uh, yes, I, I, uh, we speak uh, occasionally. Uh, I visited a couple of years ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, our relationship uh, is, uh, has changed. Uh, you know, we have, uh, I have a relationship with all my family now. I, I've, uh, you know, uh, um, yeah, uh, uh, brought, uh, I, I, I've made amends for the, for the errors of my past uh, where I could. And, okay. uh, you know, one day at a time, one moment at a time, uh, one relationship at a time. One moment at a, at a time. time. And, and again, know, Paul, sorry to cut you off, but we're almost off air here. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to cut you off mid-sentence. But everyone, thanks for listening. Paul, thank you for coming forth. And I'm glad you have a relationship with your family. Mm-hmm. And next week, everyone, we'll be back with the Ball of Human Kindness, and we'll let you know where it is and in which city. Thank you Thank so you, much. everyone. Gabrielle. Thank you, Paul. Thank you again for joining us this week. Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray can be heard every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week. And until our next show, think of a random act of kindness that you can perform.